Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with the CEO of 4-H Canada, Shannon Benner. Also, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler will have details on some satellite changes coming up next week. And up first in today's country comment, I'll chat with Carson Callum, General Manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. The latest farm news and market numbers, all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Livestock losses are eligible for disaster financial assistance if insurance could not be purchased. Carson Callum is General Manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. It's definitely a positive uh, that they included livestock losses under the DFA program because it's a it's a potential avenue for producers to get compensation for you know those losses they incurred during those uh, severe weather events. So we encourage producers to look at the you know application process, what is going to be required, and we're continually uh, involved in conversations with the EMO office to ensure that. You know, whatever is required is reasonable and realistic, uh, just based on the nature of the losses. And I wanted to just focus in on, on some of the requirements here uh, for producers when they're going through this process. Um, I guess the first thing I wanted to touch on, the uh, veterinary certificate. Can you just talk about um, you know what's required there? Yeah, so after speaking with uh, you know, DFA or the EMO office, it's really uh, producers need to talk to their, their vet and get a... I guess a support letter or certificate um, that can be attached to their claim that basically demonstrates the probable cause cause of loss. That it's not going to be expected that they need to do a full post postmortem because that's that is really unrealistic um, because producers had to deal with you know deal with their dead stock and dispose of them properly as per provincial guidelines. Uh, so really, it's it's more talking with your vet. Um, getting them to write that support letter if you show that uh, you know those losses occurred on your farm um, and if you have that good veterinary client relationship it will help um, and we're working with the the veterinary community to try to come up with a template for for them to to utilize moving forward and just uh, working on that now so talk a little bit more about how how assistance will be uh, calculated here yeah so it's based on the wildlife damage compensation on a I guess per pound basis um, where they pull that information from Canfax. Uh, so if you lost a newborn calf, it's going to be based on a 500-pound weaning weight, um, you know, what that current value is, uh, or is what that current value is estimated at. Um, and then with some, you know, there's a, a deductible uh, for the DFA program overall. Uh, so there's going to be some, it won't be full coverage, but it will provide you know, producers with a, a financial support, especially for those newborn calves. And then if you lost any other class of cattle, uh, DFA is asking that you ensure that you, you know, list those as well because there'll be support uh, for that type of livestock loss too. And Carson, I guess just from what you've uh, been hearing, you know, are there are there a lot of uh, livestock producers who, who are affected by this? Since after the first storm, really, we uh, you know, ask our membership to start reporting their losses into us um, because we knew it was pretty widespread and it was pretty abnormal. Um, so it, I can say that it is widespread and there's a lot of producers that experience losses over and above their usual mortality rate, which is you know unfortunate. And you know they care for their animals so much and uh, we're out there 24 hours a day to try to keep them alive and well. But uh, unfortunately, it was just... Uh, yeah, overpowering these these systems. So, 
I can I can expect a lot of producers across province are going to be looking at this program. Anything else you want uh, producers to uh, to know here as they go through this process? Uh, just ensure that they reach out to the emergency measures office. Um, their toll free number one eight eight eight. Two six seven eight two nine eight. If you need paper copies of the form, I believe you can contact them there. Um, there's also YouTube video online, um, and we posted a fact sheet online about the program on our um, Manitoba Beef Producers website. That was Carson Callum, General Manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. New Zealand has initiated dispute settlement proceedings against Canada over dairy quotas. New Zealand Trade Minister Damien O'Connor said in a statement that the manner in which Canada is implementing dairy tariff rate quotas is inconsistent with its obligation under the CPTPP. Adding, many of Canada's dairy tariff rate quotas remain unfulfilled, representing a tangible loss to New Zealand's dairy exporters. New Zealand submitted its request for consultations to Canada on Thursday. Canada has seven days to respond, after which the two parties will enter formal discussions to try to find a resolution. If those talks fail, New Zealand can request a panel to adjudicate the dispute. There's a key change coming up next week for farmers that use the WAS program, a wide area augmentation system for GPS. The current WAS PRN-138 satellite is being decommissioned on May 17th. Matt Yannick, president and owner of My Precision Ag Limited, says producers will need to contact their equipment dealers to reprogram their equipment to the new satellite service. If you lose that signal, you're going to lose the ability to auto-steer. You're going to lose the ability of your sectional control to function. You're going to lose the ability of most newer seeders to be able to seed the way you want it to because lots of them, you're getting your ground speed off your GPS. You're getting your, well, you're getting your variable rate maps. You're getting your sectional control. And without that link, you might be sitting in the field. He notes it's only WAS users that will be affected. If you're running another system like John Deere SF1, 2, or 3, Trimble RTX, RTK, Outback Atlas, or Raven GS, you won't be affected. Manitoba Beef Producer says livestock losses are DFA eligible if insurance cannot be purchased. Here's General Manager Carson Callum. Producers need to talk to their, their vet and get a, I guess, a support letter or certificate that can be attached to their claim that basically demonstrates the probable cost, cause of loss. That it's not going to be expected that they need to do a full post-mortem because that's, that is really unrealistic um, because producers had to deal with, you know, deal with their dead stock and dispose of them properly as per provincial guidelines. It's more talking with your vet, getting them to write that support letter if you show that, uh, you know, those losses occurred on your farm. Um, and if you have that good veterinary client relationship, it will help. And we're working with the, the veterinary community to try to come up with a template for, for them to, to utilize moving forward and just uh, working on that now. And Stats Canada released data from the 2021 Census of Agriculture this week. Paulo Lobo is unit head for the Census of Agriculture. Number of farms actually for this census cycle uh, came out at uh, 189,874 farms. What's important about that number is that uh, it's actually the smallest decline in 25 years. So it, it registered just under 2% at 1.9% uh, decline. In a 25-year span, um, that's been the smallest uh, decline. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, 
May 13th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glendalee Allen Wasser will talk about some key changes coming up for farmers that use the WAS program, a wide area augmentation system for their GPS. Some key changes are coming up for farmers that use the WAS program, a wide area augmentation system for their GPS. Glendalee Allen Wassler caught up to Matt Yannick, president and owner of My Precision Egg Limited. We're based out of Rokenville, Saskatchewan. We offer precision farming solutions for customers throughout southeastern Saskatchewan, southwestern Manitoba, and other parts of the Prairie Provinces. Uh, we offer precision ag sales, precision ag services, and machinery consulting, as well as in-field troubleshooting, operational help for machinery startups, and much more. Myself, I have 10 years plus experience in this field, mostly with Trimble, Raven, CNH, Borgo, Seedhawk machinery and technology. In the last number of years, we've really seen a big move towards precision agriculture. Yes, every year the technology improves more and more and more producers build on what they have. They're not just using basic auto steer systems anymore. Everything that runs, whether it's spring, summer, fall, whether you're seeding, spraying, harvesting, there's more and more technology to every application on the farm, whether it be variable rate, sectional control, auto steer, and everything in between. And every year, guys are going to build on that. And once guys have it, they're not going to go without it anymore. And of course, the key to all of this is that that link, that satellite technology. Without a GPS signal, if you lose that signal, you're going to lose the ability to auto steer. You're going to lose the ability of your sectional control to function. You're going to lose the ability of most newer seeders to be able to seed the way you want it to because lots of them, you're getting your ground speed off your GPS. You're getting your, well, you're getting your variable rate maps. You're getting your sectional control. And without that link, you might be sitting in the field. That being said, there's some satellite changes that are coming up here on May 17th. Can you talk to us a little bit about what's happening and the impact that could have for producers? So on May 17th, which is next Tuesday, they're decommissioning the WAS-138 satellite, which in this part of the world is the one that we've been using for many, many years. And they're replacing it with a new satellite that they just put up, which is 135. And it became active on April 26th. It's currently active. I've been setting up lots of customers with 135. It's fully functional. And if you do not switch your GPS system to use 135 if you don't do it by may 17th you might see an interruption in signal you can always do it after but it's better to do it now ahead of time so that if you're in the middle of the field and they shut it off you're not down for a few hours trying to get it to work whereas if you do it ahead of time now it's going to work and you're good to go and if you need help local dealers should know how to do that for the brand of uh, precision farming technology you have in your machinery. Um, if not, you can always contact my company as well and we can always help you out with that and keep you rolling. 
the it's only loss users that are affected. So if you're running another signal like Trimble RTX or John Deere SF1, 2, or 3, or RTK, or Raven GS, or Outback Atlas, you will not be affected. It's only if you are running the free WAS correction signal. And if we are running that, that WAS signal, it doesn't automatically switch. You've got to pick up the phone. You've got to contact your, your dealer or a company such as yourself and have that transition made. Yes, you'll want that transition made and you'll want it to manually lock on to 135 so that that's the only satellite it's looking for. So it doesn't try to look for other ones and get itself confused. If it starts looking for 138 or 131, 133, which might not work great in this area, then you're going to have performance issues. 135 is going to be the preferred satellite that's needed to be used. And you'll want to manually lock onto it. And every, every monitor, every receiver has a different procedure of how to do it. It doesn't take very long. Like it's a pretty simple process for most of them. And some of them take 30 seconds, you're done. Some of them a couple minutes, and that's about it. Like it's, and then you want to make sure it's working once you change the settings. And after that, you'll be good to go, and you'll have a happy seeding season. That's Matt Yannick, president and owner of My Precision Ag Limited at Rokenville. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Egg Wire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee allen Vossler, I'm Corey Knute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has established an e-commerce resource hub where Canadian agri-food companies can access resources to take advantage of global opportunities to sell products online. The sessions conclude June 6th. Each week covers a different topic. You can register on the Manitoba Agriculture website. And looking ahead, Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is putting on a fence and water solutions workshop June 1st. The cost is $30. You can register on the MFGA website. Continuing on the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon. This week, Marie-Claude Bebo, Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food, announced an investment of up to $2.1 million for three organizations to support development opportunities for Canadian youth in agriculture. Canada's outstanding young farmers will receive over $119,000 over two years. The Canadian Young Farmers Forum will receive up to $195,000 over two years. And the Canadian 4-H Council will receive up to $1.8 million over two years to develop new curriculum and resources to empower youth through leadership programs. Shannon Benner is CEO of 4-H Canada. Yeah, we're very fortunate. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada uh, announced $1.8 million in support for 4-H uh, across Canada over the next two years. Um, we're, we're very pleased that a significant portion of that will go to the grassroots and provincial organizations to, uh, to grow and continue the great programming that they're doing at the grassroots level through till 2024. Yeah. And, um, you know, the money will be used to develop a uh, new curriculum. Uh, can you fill us in on, on some of the things you'll be looking at there? Or? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got a huge role to play, especially in developing young people and equipping them for all the, the areas where we need young people to, uh, to be um, developing their careers. So um, lots of career focused programming, especially in agriculture and, 
agribusiness-related industries, uh, so focused on that sector and the huge amount of opportunities that young people have to pursue careers there. Yeah, and uh, talk a little bit about some of the mentorship opportunities that uh, will be available. Um, for sure. Well, mentorship has definitely been part of 4-H since, since 1913. Uh, those caring adults that, that contribute their time, but we're also seeing, um, you know, the, the research and data points to mentorship having a, a immense amount of effect on young people uh, succeeding, pursuing post-secondary education, and um, gosh, now more than ever, we need young people to uh, to thrive. So um, the the time is now to make sure that that our our next generation is uh, is leading and uh, in in careers where we need them. And just uh, you know, coming out of the pandemic here, talk a little bit about um, 4-H and you know just some of the numbers you're seeing and and how the clubs are are responding now. Yeah. Um, it's been a mix across the country just in terms of the effect and um, the, the impact to the program. Um, I would say that most, most provinces uh, from coast to coast are now, you know, clubs are getting going and starting back up and, and they're looking at, uh, looking at a new year and, and back to resuming in-person activities. So um, at the end of the day, the most important thing is, you know, young people are back together and doing great things and, and excited to be there. So it's a, it's a good time to be announcing a partnership and announcing investment in 4-H. Our participation numbers, is, is that back to where it was, uh, you know, pre-pandemic? Yeah, certainly numbers were lower during the pandemic um, just because clubs couldn't be meeting and, and the 4-H program did have to pause in a number of provinces uh, or pivot to online. Um, uh, so it's a bit too too early to tell. Um, definitely Western provinces are reporting close to, close to pre-pandemic numbers though. So, so that's great. We're, we're very optimistic. And that online component that was used, um, is that something that, you know, will continue? Uh, I, I definitely see online options still being available, but, um, I mean, we're an experiential education organization. So, and, uh, we want kids, you know, with hands-on learning and doing things in tactical, uh, development. So, um, you know, we, we do want to make sure we can do as much in person as we can always. That was Shannon Benner, CEO of 4-H Canada. It was announced this week that the Canadian 4-H Council will receive up to $1.8 million over two years to develop new curriculum and resources. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. A satellite change next week could impact a number of producers. Matt Yannick, president of My Precision Egg Limited, has been busy reprogramming equipment for customers to ensure they don't lose the signal, which will basically shut down any equipment using the WAS transmission. They're decommissioning the WAS 138 satellite, which in this part of the world is the one that we've been using for many, many years. And... They're replacing it with a new satellite that they just put up, which is 135, and it became active on April 26th. It's currently active. I've been setting up lots of customers with 135. It's fully functional. He notes it's only WAS users that'll be affected if you're running another system like John Deere SF1, 2, or 3, Trimble RTX, RTK, Outback Atlas, or Raven GS, you won't be affected. 
Farm Credit Canada says it's prepared to work with customers concerned about financial hardship due to the impact of avian influenza. FCC is prepared to help customer poultry operations directly affected by the disease or by bans placed on the farms in the proximity of infected farms, which could potentially lead to cash flow problems. Options include additional short-term credit options, deferral of principal payments, and or other loan payment schedule amendments to reduce financial pressures. Customers impacted by avian flu are encouraged to contact their FCC relationship manager. Data from the 2021 Census of Agriculture was released by Stats Canada this week. Paulo Lobo is unit head for the Census of Agriculture. Farmers are uh, older in the east, uh, younger in the west prairies. Uh, In terms of uh, national uh, trends, what we're seeing is average age uh, is 56 years. So that's an increase of uh, one year over the previous census cycle in 2016. In terms of median age, we're looking at uh, 58 years. So that's an increase of two years uh, from the previous census. In terms of other trends that we're seeing there is uh, older operators uh, age 55 years um, of age or older. Um, there's uh, It's now registering at 60.5%. So that's a 6% point uh, increase. And livestock losses are eligible for disaster financial assistance if insurance cannot be purchased. Manitoba Beef Producers General Manager Carson Callum talked about how compensation is calculated. It's based on the wildlife damage compensation on a, I guess, per pound basis um, where they pull that information from Canfax. Uh, So if you lost a newborn calf, it's going to be based on a 500-pound weaning weight, what that current value is estimated at. You know, there's a a deductible uh, for the DFA program overall. It won't be full coverage, but it will provide you know, producers with a, a financial support, especially for those newborn calves. And then if you lost any other class of cattle, uh, DFA is asking that you ensure that you list those as well because there'll be support uh, for that type of livestock loss too. Callum says a veterinary certificate is required to verify that the losses were a direct result of the weather event. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on Monday's show, we'll get an update on potato planting. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.